Welcome. To That Comic Smell Podcast. David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. But I'm not trying to step on any Spanish toes. Oh no. You know what I mean? I don't, it's just I love, it, I love it so much that I can't help but this is gonna be delicate. <laughs> it's got an Italian twist to it. I put it with Cabo Nero inside. Okay, well that's fair enough. I'll lay you off in that case. <laughs> I forgot to bring the DVD. I had it. Oh, don't, don't worry about that. No, so annoyed. No. I was like, no! Do I got the back and I go, no! no but I watched it, it was really good. Really good. You, you can keep it for as long as you want. Do you not no, worry? I have no worry. major rush. But it was very good. I lent uh, Nando uh, the film Che, che. with uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the, um, um, Sp- the Spain, Emmanuel Rodriguez um, graphic novel about about Shea? Yes, I've got it through in the other room just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, di- he died um, two years ago, prostate cancer. And I, I, did not know that. I corresponded yeah. with him, a really nice guy, and I could have met him when I was in San Francisco for one of the Californian indie events. I, I, I make Indian motorcycles. I run an Indian club with a friend of mine. And... Um, Oh, he said, oh, he's just a couple of streets over. We should go around there. I'm staying with this guy in San Francisco, but then there was just so much to do organizing this event that it never yeah. happened. And damn it. Jeez. And then he's gone. Yeah. In I fact, that. I think it came out late last year, but Zap number 16 mm-hmm. has his very last strip. And you know it's his very last strip, full color, because the last few panels go from color to black and white to just pencil sketch. Oh. Basically, he did a Dudley D. Watkins. Jesus. Yeah. Died at the board. <laughs> wow. That's mad. Yeah. I'm looking for a, a non-dog place to put this, so. Come here. I'll you. Stick it over here. Okay, it's not a blind bit of notice. Alfie. Oh. Alfie's quite happy to stay here. Alfie's going smell good, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, there's food, there's people, um, what's going on? Chew. Chew, chew, chew. He wants to make comics, that's what he wants. Yeah. That is what he wants. <laughs> chew him, maybe. Before we get started, I've got my t-shirt shirt. I've probably oh, yeah, you guys, guys yeah. Some of you guys there. And see as we've got a Canadian here. Oh, what? <laughs> Captain Connor? Nope. They translated this in Canada. And the famous cities of gold. Mm. Okay, yeah. Okay. I remember that comic series. Oh, yes. Excellent CD. Yeah, series. The TV series, yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. 
But they, uh, is they, it Japanese? It looks Japanese. It was animated by Japanese, but it was commissioned by Spain and France. But uh, when it came over to Britain, uh, because a lot of British kids found, or a British audience found, US Americans a bit too full on, and a lot of US Americans couldn't understand the uh, the British accents, they saw Canada as a halfway house, so they had the they, they used to translate studios in Vancouver, and. Uh, Funny story is, is uh, he's not pictured on the T-shirt, but there's a character called Mendoza who's like the anti-hero, and they had to get four people for each character uh, to voice them, and then they send the recordings into Japan, and the Japanese choose who they think's the best one, even if they don't fully understand what what's been said. The voice is what matters. <laughs> Just so how it had, kind of sounded. Yeah, well, they had three people for Mendoza. They couldn't get anyone else, so the director said, voice director said, all right, I'll just I'll just do a piss take one. So he gave his voice, and he said, "You're a bang on target." We That's want the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, if I'd known, I'd have brought my T-shirt. It's um, it's done like Tintin. All right. Only I bought it last year, and I went to Denmark and Sweden to see old friends of mine. I bought it in Christiania, in in Copenhagen, and it's got Tintin, Captain Haddock, uh, the Thompson <laughs> twins. Captain Haddock's got this great big spliff going. <laughs> <laughs> It, it looks, you know, just like how yeah, it is. Just, and uh, yeah, I, I, I had to, as soon as I saw it, oh, I got to have one of those. <laughs> that was pretty Fantastic. funny. <laughs> right, Giuseppe, Vertigo Comics. Yes, what? what was your topic? Oh, right, yeah, it was. Where's my sheet? Well, I can give a, a, Where's a, my sheet? a brief Yeah, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, mm. you go for it. Giuseppe, by the kit. Vertigo. Uh, being an imprint of DC Comics, was created in 1983. Yeah. yeah, but there's a question here. We'll go in in a minute. Okay. Because there's many comics reprinted now under the Vertigo stamp, uh -huh. which they were not Vertigo comics. They were pre-Vertigo. Right, they right, were right. pre-Vertigo. Mm. Yeah, they were probably the proto-Vertigo comics, mm. and probably they inspired to that imprint, but they were not Vertigo mm. comics. One of them, for example, Something by Alan Moore. Yeah. You, you go to the libraries now, you find them, and it's Vertigo. Mm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because Vertigo did not exist when something comes written by Alan Moore was written down. The series, didn't it? During the series, it happened. I think that it was launched. Yeah. So, because as few of them and different yeah. data, well, was published first here in Britain, in, mm -hmm. in one of the magazines, as far as I'm aware, before yeah. it was actually printed in in America. Yeah, I've got some of the the, the first printings of that, but I've, I've got the, so the collection too. And there's a couple of cases like that. But what was mm -hmm. the first Vertigo comic, though? Yeah, I look. I saw it. I looked it up today. It was, uh, was it Hellblazer? No. Um, I think what they did was they. Um, I don't know. It was a mini series that kicked it off. Was it Black Orchid? Oh, could it be? You may be right about that. Maybe. Could it be that one? Because I said yeah. they were. Because they were. Because I mean, Karen uh, Bergen. He she was the editor of this line. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of the 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 godmother of all mm -hmm. these lines and 
and she got in touch with a lot of the British writers and artists that were already publishing, mm -hmm. uh, some of them already in America, for example, Alan Moore, mm -hmm. who then the something. Oh, yeah. And then more people came in through like Neil Gaiman and, and then Graham Morrison and and Brian Azarel. Brian Azarel. Yeah, different artists. So and she is slowly, you know, even all, all the editors in DC they were saying, well, this is gonna be one of Karen's uh, comics, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you go yeah. and, uh, and then the vertical comics appear, yeah. But uh, I think Black Comic could be one of the first ones. Because I wasn't sure if it was Sandman was already a vertical comic. Well, that was or Hellblazer. <clears throat> I wasn't sure if it started. What was the other? As, as far as I know, no, they started as DC. Uh, DC and yeah, then they, they went yeah. and made a vertical imprint. It's because more of DC's adult com content wasn't in line with the CCA, the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. So they needed to make an imprint. Yeah. So that they could produce stuff that could be sixteen, be eighteen plus. There, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it could be more violent of sex, mm -hmm. or more. Um, more sort of social commentary and whatnot on, on the go and um, could have uh, could have more adult language you know all, all these sort of things but that was that was the point it was that DC were really struggling with that and needed to have an imprint realised they had an audience yeah realised they had an audience but wasn't well. Karen Berger the the Karen Berger yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Berger or Berger I don't know but, uh, What's going on, mate? Yeah. As we uh, we said, some of the titles there, but some of the top titles that um, obviously in they're all in graphic novel form now. But they include Sandman, Preacher, Why the Last Man, Fables, Beef Vendetta, I Zombie, Stardust, Hundred Bullets, Animal Man, Grant Morrison Run, DMZ, Hellblazer, Scout, a uh, saga. That's one thing we said was collected into mm -hmm. into that Transmetropolitan Lucifer to say to name mm -hmm. a few. A anyway, few. there is a big massive list of, yeah. of more of them, but uh, we'd, we'd be here forever if we were to say them. Uh, but that's some of the more titles that have been wrapped up. Uh, some of the more current titles would include uh, American Vampire, um, Astro City, uh, Unfollow or Sheriff of Babylon. That's some of the, the newer ones. Mm -hmm. That's that Tom King one that's all about... Um, I think it's this is another CIA. Is it all his time in the CIA? Sheriff of Babylon? Yeah, something like that. It's all his stories from when but he was in the CIA out in... Um, I think they're, these are, are they graphic novels? They are. They are I think a series of graphic novels yeah, instead of a series of comics. Novels. Yeah, yeah. But that's some of the that's some <clears> of the more recent um, Vertigo titles. Uh, there's not really a whole lot more I can say on it. This will probably be more covered in the uh, in the conversation as we're going through. But yep. there's also a whole host of artists, as we said as well, and and um, writers and whatnot, such as. Albert, Grant Morrison, Brian Azarello, uh, Brian K. Vaughan, uh, Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis, yeah, um, Garth Ennis, yep, um, Neil Gaiman, there we go, What's the uh, Zach I think they were really lucky well. at the start with what they had, crop-wise. Crop music as well, so. They were yeah. lucky. Yeah. The, the calibre that they had is what mm -hmm. defined them, I think, at the start as an imprint. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky I got onto them after my kind of hiatus, of enforced hiatus whilst I was in Italy and I couldn't get hold of anything and I wasn't reading any of 
the Italian style fumetti because I hadn't been brought up with that. <coughs> so I wasn't keen to read it, even though now I would be. Then mm-hmm. I was looking for Marvel and DC stuff, which I couldn't get there. And then only when it was about a year before Return in 1990, I started publishing little kind of black and white translated Punisher, X-Men, not many, Spider-Man. Um, so then after that, when I came back to UK, I think it was maybe one or two years where I didn't really read, maybe a year, and then I got back into comics, and then it was like, ooh, what's this stuff? And the first stuff I came across was Vertigo stuff. I wasn't really interested in anything, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. So the three of shared the changing man, the Sandman and Hellblazer, <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell, these comics are good, aren't they? <laughs> but I admit, I, the only one I caught from the start was Shared. So I've got nearly a, comp- a complete run of Shared. But I think that's volume two. I believe those are Shared the Changing Man from before, they've used before. Or it might even be a volume three. I think it, it might it may even be the third incarnation. Mm, was it the... Was it really then... Yeah, Shea, yeah. I must admit, I didn't uh, understand a lot of what was going on. So it was pretty Milligan, um, <laughs> Chris Bacallo ba- and... Um, what was the other The artwork was... Uh, was Bacallo and... Mm. can't remember his name now, mm. very similar to it. But, but yeah. I think there was a lot of cultural references in it, which I didn't get as an 18-year-old, mm. or 17, 90s, around that age, which I think shared would probably be something that if I reread now I'd probably get a lot more out of it than when I did the first time. Yeah. And then there's a Sandman. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this is brilliant. And Hellblazer. I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> then after that, I was like, oh, yeah. And then university came. Cash was short. Stopped buying comics again yeah. when I was at uni. And then the next wave I got, because... Vertigo had kind of established itself in my head in terms of it being a, a kind of a trustworthy... Yeah, and established itself in general Imprint, well. yeah. The next lot of stuff I came across was Preacher, Transmetropolitan, mm-hmm. Fables, Jack of Fables, mm-hmm. and Exterminators. And I really, oh, Exterminators, yes. And I really liked all of them. Read all the, bought all the Preacher from one guy... John Lot on eBay. Oh. All the issues. Oh. Wow. Issues, not. All the issues, oh. yeah. Got him at quite a good price, actually. Oh, I think I got the whole run for 80 quid. Oof. Which steal. isn't bad, yeah. but I'm not quite sure how many there are. I think there might be 60 issues to Preacher. Uh, something like that. There and thereabouts, yeah. I think it was oh, a case of uh, the missus was like. Dude, you got to shift all these comics out of the way. So he was wanting to get shot yeah. quick. <laughs> Box it arrived in it, right by post. It one of the biggest things I've ever had arrived in. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and so much fun as well. Get file cabinets from car boot sales cheap. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Six of them packed to the gills. Four, four drawer file cabinets. Stacked deep. <laughs> But they were, they, they, that early Vertigo stuff I got in, it was a real good way out, escape, the nature of it. Because I, I just <clears> wasn't <throat> wanting my groove anymore or 
spandex stuff. This was like going in line with my life. Ooh, <laughs> weird experimental stuff going on. <laughs> Oh. This was big boy trousers. Weird, weird, <laughs> weird, weird, weird characters in weird situations. Oh, that's kind of a bit like my life. So, but then of recent, the recent titles, I've not read any of them that that you that you just quoted. But the more recent ones I've read, the Space Man, like, which was like a five issue miniseries. Yeah. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Federal Bureau of Physics. Art ops. Are these ver are these actual Vertigo titles? Yeah, they or are. are. These Vertigo offshoots because no, Vertigo offshoot. No, no, they are. Well. No, they are Vertigo titles. Right. So the more recent stuff hasn't really captured my 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 interest, but I do have some cooking in the oven that I bought, and I'm just waiting to to read, <laughs> which. See, I don't know what they're going to be like. I'm hoping some of them are going to be good, but amongst them are Greek Street, okay. Crossing Midnight. I've got about the first three or four of them. It looked quite interesting with the Oriental theme. Dead Enders. Okay. Anyone read that? No. no. I bought the Books of Magic, the job lot of someone who lived near oh, me. I'm looking forward to reading that. That's meant to be quite good. That's like yeah, six or seven. Not to be mistaken with the the four issue miniseries, all called also called the Books of Magic, Magic, which was <clears throat> completely unrelated to this. I think that was a DC thing before Vertigo appeared, but they were like high quality, high luster kind of uh, pages. Yeah, the first four were really good. You know, Harry Potter was somewhat derivative right. from the original Books of Magic. Mm. Uh, Black Orchid got bought that first few of Eyes on me, which I know has been made in a TV series and that. Yeah, that's a TV. What's that on again? Is that on CW or something? Like that? Yeah. 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 Kid Eternity, Outlaw Nation, which looks interesting, but I've not read yet. It's not bad. Sandman Mystery Theater and The Dreaming as well. Mm -hmm. I've got nearly complete runs of them two which are waiting on the back burner nice. when I get around to them. I'm, I, I think them two will be good because they're kind of noir and <laughs> weird and kind of the Sandman offshoots aren't they so mm. that stuff tends to be. Have you read that Overture? Yeah. Yes, the Overture. Yeah, it's interesting. That looks good as well. The artwork was beautiful yeah. on that as well. I've not, not made it all the way through but it's... So yeah, Vertigo for me brought me back in and Gave me, gave comics a new, uh, well, a different angle from what I'd experienced before. Mm. And it mm. definitely kept my taste for them going. And stuff I could go back and read now and it'll still be, still be just as good. Mm. I think Vertigo itself it was a really good platform for, let's say, the general public of readers. Yeah, to, to taste able, something else. To taste something different. Yeah. To taste what uh, an independent creative comic yeah. could be. Because yeah. I heard on Radio 4 today a woman being kind of saying in a, in a it was a report on comics and uh, something to do with how comics can help kids understand certain subjects better because of the graphic nature. And the woman was like, oh, so uh, yes, they, they don't have to be funny and... Uh, and or, or, or costumed heroes, it's like, 
Are we still at that stage yeah. yet where yeah. you're surprised? Yeah. You're meant to be some kind of high culture radio station yeah. here and you're surprised that there's comics that don't deal with yeah, just mm-hmm. spandex. Yeah. Well, it's, it's arguable that comics uh, predate, predate writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, taking your point, the, I remember reading that um, they were trying to reach... In, in South America, these kind of orphan kids had been more or less abandoned in the city and they were prostituting themselves. They were smoking um, coca paste, which is like, you know, the, the very cheapest form yeah. of, of cocaine. And they were dying like flies from AIDS and the police would come around and just kill them, throw them in the sewers. How to reach them? They were illiterate even in their own language. You couldn't force them to look at a book. What did you do? You did comics. Yeah. Boom. They wanted to read them. They yeah. got the message across. Comics cut across all languages. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I like it. I like the Japanese style where you have comics that can be done for sportsmen or businessmen or pensioners. Apparently, if you've heard of Goggle Thirteen, it's the uh, one of uh, Hitman Assassin. It's Japan's longest-running uh, um, manga. It's extremely popular with bankers and businessmen. I like the categories of yeah then, but you, you forgot the, um, and then there's the whole swathe of comics that are made for perverts. <laughs> oh yeah, lots of that as well. Yeah. If you've ever seen any Japanese undergrounds, turn your hair white. Oh, yeah. Is that what really happened to you? That's That and the boys. You're about 25 really, aren't you? Uh, no, the boys, the boys wasn't was... Oh, no, no, that was uh, Dynamite. That was Dynamite. That was, yeah. Yeah. I remember, oh, yeah. you'd come to the bottom of the page, you go, no, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. You'd have to take a couple of breaths, turn the page, and go, oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yes, they need to Boys, it's kind of like a vertigo town, but it'd probably even be too much for vertigo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, dynamite, yeah, well, that was And anyway, they'd be kicking themselves in, they'd be like, you know, showing the boys to be the boys and yeah. what the superhero dudes get up to. It'd be like, well, Vertigo is basically kicking DC in the bollocks by saying, oh, you see all these characters uh, in the DC universe? Imagine them doing this. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ended up getting a full run um, of Hellblazer. I loved it so much. A full run. Yeah, so I ended up collect three hundred. I ended up collect. I basically started again at a certain point and then did it monthly, and then the one the gaps that were missing, I like raided George's and and other places, and then a few that were missing that were hard to get basically got online, and kind of filled the. Uh, I, was, I was a bit disappointed with how it ended. And I'm disappointed that now they're trying to re With Constantine. Yeah. And it doesn't have the same... They should have never finished it. That's the thing. They should have been going. That's going. what they said about Sandman. <laughs> they decided to put him... Then the be- bring him in the what DC did, universe. When they did the new 52, they decided to put him integrated into the DC yeah. superhero universe. Which, fair enough... Same actually, and actually, actually, actually he started there because yeah. he was a secondary character in the song thing. First one, yeah. not Sandman. Yeah. Because it was created by Alan Moore, yeah. and he was a secondary character there. And at that time, the song thing was in the classic DC universe. universe. Yeah. But so much has happened yeah, yeah. since then. Is there really there's any no need, need to bring it back again? Exactly. Mm. I mean, there's no need. It's like that Justice League Dark, where is with. 
the few of us supposed to die. I thought one of the things that Constantine kind of made him stand out is that he ages, and uh, they were going to come to the point where he's going to get so old that he can't continue on unless they have some sort of outrageous uh, deal with demons. Well, he was going to be mortal, so. I think that was one of the original plans, was to eventually kill him off yeah. when he reaches a certain age. They did do a future offshoot, a four-issue a four miniseries of, they did a mini called series Bad Blood. Of, of old Constantine. Oh, yeah. Bad Blood, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got all the offshoots yeah, yeah, as well. Jeez. Which aren't that many, actually, because Chaz, the knowledge, which is like a four or five issue thing, which is about the, his mate who's a taxi driver, Chaz. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, the London Cabin, yeah. uh, Bad Blood, which is him set in the future. Yeah. Uh, there's a few independent graphic novels actually, which aren't from the comics. Oh, really? There's one called uh, yes, a black and white one called. It's where it's like Big Brother. He's oh, in really? a Big Brother house. And there was one that Rankin. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Um, Oh, what's it called? Yeah, Rankin did it. Um, Which was kind of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> All His Engines is another independent one uh, mm -hmm. in graphic novel, but yeah, I love that character. And then it ended. I love that run where basically was doing like either the artwork inside it or the covers for Hellblazer. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, if you go on YouTube, type in Constantine. And then the name Khan, as in the French musician Alain Khan, who disappeared in 1990. Um, he will, it's basically a tribute to Constantine, but he, whoever's done it has used uh, images of, all, of lots of covers from the comics. So there's loads of them. They don't have any of the text on there. The person must have just gone on the internet and just like copied each of these, and then he just played them again and again. And the, the, the sound of the music is fantastic because it matches everything that's on, yeah. on there. And some of these covers are so good, you wonder how uh, no one's uh, decided to put them up on, the, on an art gallery and, uh, yeah. and well, make them travel. Very good. Um, uh, these ones don't actually compare. I mean, I know these are, are pretty good covers, but compared to the ones yeah, they I have on, on yeah, that... Is that not Glenn Farber? Glenn Farber, yeah. That's what he looks like, Sting. Oh, yeah, he did some covers for Preacher, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, when I was in Glasgow last year, there was, um, uh, at the, um, at the School of Art, they had a, a thing uh, of Frank Quitely. Oh, and it had one of his, um, uh, this, you know, the, the, um, the Endless family. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and I'd seen it before, and I thought it would be, you know, done something like this. It was smaller than this. TV screen. Really? It was, he must have, you know, glasses like Coke bottles, <laughs> you know, single hair brush. It was amazing to just see the original artwork and the detail crammed in to this Insane. small space. Jeez. It really surprised me. <clears throat> I think quietly is a, an anomaly all, all on his own though. He's just yeah, he's so talented. So, so talented. Yeah, I think he was at the Dundee comic convention a couple yeah. of years back. Yeah. He was, yeah. yeah. Oh, Flex, yeah. That, that's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of Flex them. Mentalo, yeah. Flex Mentalo, yeah. Is that a Vertigo title? Yeah. 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 That's Grant Morrison. Is that not an offshoot? Was that a comic? Yeah, they don't pass Doom. yeah. Ah, was it? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a... Was that comic first and then... Yeah. For uh, four issue miniseries, uh, yeah. and they did this edition in a hardback just two years ago. 
I read it. I and thought it's got a new color. It's got a new color. Hero of the beach. <laughs> I love yeah. the way it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand the writing. Yeah, the story, not so much. Grant, but the, the Grant Morrison, the, I think Grant Morrison, the artist, amazing. Tries too hard. I think he, 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 I think he intentionally tries to go out of his way to confuse people, but instead of just confusing them, he, it just makes it nonsensical, and you end yeah. up sitting looking at it going, "What? What was I meant to take away from that? Like, I don't, I don't understand what your, your underlying. Even if you do understand it, it's, it's no, there's no. You still don't understand it. There's no great basis. To, I'm not sitting thinking this is the the best piece of writing I've ever seen. I think he's done some really good things, but yeah, I agree with you with others that he kind of get lost on trying to use the comic as a medium to try to do something different and yeah. in doing so is losing part of the he, message. He mm. is a guy who works <clears throat> best when constrained. So when he is at something like DC working on Batman or something like that, where there's certain constraints that he can't go past. Yeah, where they'll tell him... Yeah, yeah, like, take this bit out, it doesn't make any sense, something like that. That works, because he has to write a coherent story from start to finish, and there's no messing about. And, it, and he's a good writer, in that sense. When he gets left free reign, he jumps from pillar post, you, you can't keep up, and it's just it's too much, too, too clever. It's not clever. As far as I'm concerned, it's just when he did the <clears throat> revival of the X Men for yeah. Marvel. Yes, with Frank Wiley. Yes, I thought I thought that run was great. It was mm-hmm. really really good, and it was a, a true revival. <clears throat> Although some, I think some Marvel bosses say that he nearly killed the franchise. I totally disagree. The look of those X Men. the the way that they feel, you know, they were... Well, like they like hundreds and they, they felt more modern, more according to the times. And in fact, the films are, are taking a lot of bits mm-hmm. from that part of, mm-hmm. of the story of the X-Men. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt at that time that there was constraint and structure. Uh, okay, it was certain free reign to do, you know, whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a really good run. It was a really good... Um, Doesn't Morrison and Moore supposedly have a bit of a feud going, or, yes. or did have one? Yeah. Yes, uh, I, I, anybody know what started that off? Uh, uh, probably crossed wires. Mm. That's probably what it was, and now it's turned into some of the. To be honest, I really don't know because you hear rumors or you read that Graham Morrison tells the story, and then Alan Moore kind of when doesn't go like that. I don't know, some sort of disagreement mm-hmm. in a certain way. I don't know, exactly, I don't know. And in the same way it happens, the curious thing is, yeah, there is this point between Alan Moore and Grant Morrison, uh, because Alan Moore was established writer in DC, he was big, he was doing it, and then Morrison was coming in. But then at the same time, he, Grant Morrison did the same with Mark Miller. Mark Miller, you know, was his second. Yeah. And they have a fight as well, and then they talk to each other now anymore. Oh, so I don't know what's going on, and to be honest, it's just whatever. Yeah. I like the comics, I like to read them. Whether they, they like each yeah. other or they have fights, I mean, that's up to them. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's maybe just, 
it's this simple thing of handbags. Uh, maybe Clash of Eagles, yeah, or some handbags sort. at dawn. And the handbags at dawn, yeah. It will, it will be. It'll be something very pitiful, uh-huh. and it's escalated into something ridiculous yeah. where they've ended up, yeah, very slating each other's work or something like for, that. You know, it's it, it start, really... yeah. It starts off. It always starts off as something so petty, and then ends up with. Oh, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like that. Blah blah blah, and it's just back and forward. That'll be all it is. It'll be something along those lines. It's just oh, fair enough. Nah. <clears throat> yeah, thing. I read that. Have you read I the whole series? Understanding some of it. Have you read the whole series? Maybe a lot of it. Uh, how many is there? Which one is that? She wants that's, revolution. That's, a, or? that's the very first one. How many collections? Yes, she wants a revolution. Seven, eight books. Oh no, I don't think I've read all of them. In total. Um, just, yeah. I struggled a bit. Some of the stories are really good. Yeah, quite The whole story is good. But some of the bits, now, they haven't aged very well. You know, at that time, yeah, they were good. In what in what way? It's just the, the, the scene, the the meaning, the, the look of it. Alright. Um, these, when they came out, this was pre-Matrix. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Matrix film, there are certain ideas and other things from the Matrix film. Actually, they were already in this book. Um, but which were also part of Buddhist philosophy exactly, and all that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. By that time, he, I mean, for example, Graham Morrison, he traveled to the Far East. He, yeah, yeah. He, you know. Yeah, because I saw that documentary made. Uh, and that was not long after getting back into reading comics. I was like, who's this fella going on about? He was basically going to, well, he was making out. He was like, God, what, a, what was it called? Superman, Super Gods or something. something yeah. There was Super a book God. that oh, went yeah, with the documentary. Yeah. He's on about Super yeah. in the Super Far God. East yeah. and stuff, yeah. So he's in the Far East and he kind of Trips he out, immersed yeah. himself into that and experimented this, during that period of time, whether in the Far East or here. Experimented with alcohol, experimented with drugs, experimented with all things. I said, well, let's let's see what happens here. Let's see what tries. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, the, the Invisibles. There's a lot of interesting things in, in the whole series. Um, there's interesting theories as well regarding science and how we see life and existentialism and right. religion and and what's real and what's not real and is time real and how the concept of time as well. There's many, many things, there's many things and topics going through. But yeah, if you read it now, not all of it has a standard time, the pass of time, I think. But overall, I think it's very enjoyable. Because it's not even that old though, is it? No, this is from the 90s. Starting right. in the late 90s, early noughties. Right, right. So, but yeah, it's, there's lots of different things going on there. Uh, there's always bits and pieces you can enjoy. Yeah, I mean, one thing, the, the only thing I can really remember that stands out are them like, guys in suits doing, like, cleaning of some kind, or uh-huh. maybe are they tiny and they're doing are they in dirt or something? I don't know if it's in this one, maybe. But in, in The Invisible, there's many things going on. Um, and he talks about different topics. But it's, a, it's an interesting. In one of the books, he mentions about time, and because it's, there's a recurring thing during the books, and there is things that happen in the past, things that happen in the future, things that happen now, and then in the end of the book, he says, "Well, what happens if time 
there is no past, present, or future. Everything is now, but you can only experiment, or your brain only allows you to experiment the now. So, what then? There's also a theory of... Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not something you can just read. You have to be in the mood for yeah, this, you know? Yeah. But it, I like it. I like no, that other thing because it just, you know, it makes yeah. you think in a different way. You know, there's a point on that. What happens? Like how, how would you express that? How come artists experiment with trucks and then suddenly they do really good works? Because are they pushing their boundaries, you know? Are the drugs expanding their mind in certain ways, you know, and to to see things that we don't see? So, so there's always these kind of things and experiment from that point of view. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm not saying all of it is good, but no. I, I, not, overall, not I think it's a good work. I think you, I think you put it very, very well uh, as well. I mean, made me more interested than when I was actually reading it in the first place. <laughs> um, well, thank you. <laughs> but, at the same, but at the same point, it's still that thing. It's just, it's, it's too much. Like, that's, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm reading it for, you know. No, which is, I want to be entertained when I'm Which is fine. Things, you know, I want but to, you see, I intrigued, not... You see, I, I go beyond with, with the comics. I have comics that, what I call, oh, this is popcorn. I remember you saying. Yeah. So... I don't want to think about anything. I just want to. If it's a good fist yeah, fight with two superheroes, that's fine. Good art, couple of good lines there, good story. Yeah, that's fine. I enjoy that. But at the same time, I enjoy the song thing by Alan Moore mm -hmm. or Be From Vendetta. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it, it all depends on the mood. It all depends what I want to read that time, what it fits with me, what I want to enjoy at that moment. Because mm -hmm. there's many things in life. Yeah, oh yeah. And there's many moments, and you know, there'll be times that you could you want to enjoy some Marvel superheroes, and there'll be times you want to enjoy some Vertigo stuff or something else. You know, I, I very much understand that. Like, so, I have you know, like, so this Christmas, I wanted to reread that Christmas issue that you lent me the Christmas. Before, oh, the Marvel Age, yeah, because it was just a really yeah, nice just Christmas, comic. yeah, and it's just. Like said, a yeah. Yeah, it's just that. It's just something that you just enjoy. You just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't have to be in bad. Have you read Doom Patrol? Have you read Doom Patrol? Yeah, I've read some of those. It's things. the guys in suits that go around in orange suits and like purple canisters on the back that go cleaning stuff in that. I'm getting, I think I was thinking it was invisible and it's not. I haven't read the Doom Patrol or Morrison, so I don't know that. Yeah. I think maybe the measure of, to my mind, <coughs> of the best comics is you can go back to them and reread them and you find stuff that you've yeah. missed. Yeah. The Watchman is a perfect example. Yeah. And if you see um, the, the script that, that Moore wrote, like for one panel, and it's pages telling exactly. It must drive artists crazy because he tells them exactly what they've got to do. And that's what makes it, I don't know how many times I've read The Watchmen, and it seems like every time I, I'll notice something else yeah. that yes. I missed the first time around. Go back and read again, yeah. That's, that's my problem with that, though. Is that yeah, you so couldn't the, go back to it? No, it's the fact that I have to. The, like, ah. There's no, I want to go back to it and read it again and find something else. No, if I want to understand that fully, I have to go back to it and read it all right. again after mm -hmm. having finished it to, under, to fully understand it. I shouldn't be forced to reread something because 
first time around, you intentionally are not going to understand it, which is how he goes about writing. It's, he says it himself. He actually goes out of his way to say it himself. I write so that you understand at the end and then go back and read it again to understand again. I shouldn't be forced to reread something again. I'm getting really passionate about this. <laughs> it's good to be passionate. It's good to be passionate, you know, because um, it's important for you. I, I so. want to be able to go back and read it again because I want to, not because mm -hmm. somebody else has dictated that I should to fully understand the point that's put across. Yeah. It's like the ghost <sighs> of the shell of Vertigo. Yes, <laughs> it is. But it's just, I just find them too much. Which is fair enough. Yeah. And, and that, that is Morrison, you mean? Yeah, Morrison. Morrison yeah. But yeah. The, the Invisibles was the yeah. was the one that, that tipped me off to that whole thing. Was I started reading The Invisibles and was just What's not. What's Vertigo? Yeah, no, with Morrison. Oh, was, right. was the point that I was reading it and going, I'm really not understanding what's going on. And then it all started to kind of shape as it was getting near the end. But then I heard, in the same time that I was reading that, I heard an interview with him, and he said, yeah, if you really want to understand some of my, my books, you should read them first time through and then go back and read them again, and then you'll get the full understanding. I thought, no, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not succumbing to that, no, goodbye. <laughs> no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not rereading because you tell me I should. No. Yes. You gotta do it because you want to. Yeah, and because exactly, there's yes. more. Yeah, books. exactly. It's, it's the gift that keeps giving them. Yeah, yeah. That's the book. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I and you're getting your money's worth if it's yeah. making your reading three times <laughs> to get a notion of what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> if, I I like. that, if I read it that one time through <laughs> and feel that I've, you know, I'm kind of grasping it, and I go back and I read it again and fully understand it, does that make it any better or any worse? I don't think it makes it any better than it was. It just depends on the person, doesn't it? It depends on the writing. Some people would like some people would like mm -hmm. that it done in that way, where they get like a part of the jigsaw first mm -hmm. and then they have to go back and reread it to get the full. But I'm kind of more in your camp mm -hmm. where I'd like to understand the majority of it. Yeah. And then maybe go back and just fill in the box. But I get that with like David Lynch films. I love them, but couldn't tell you what half of them are about. <laughs> but, it's that, but it's that thing. There's, there's, there's a whole thing of reading a story and not really knowing what's going on and it all coming together at the end. That's fine. But the point coming together at the end and then still being like, but I don't understand how yeah, that works. That's... I have to reread it again, knowing this end bit to get the rest of it is just it's just forceful. That's too that's too forceful. That's forcing and and a not an opinion, but that's forcing a way of reading upon you. That's the you know you have to read it this way. That's there's no there's no willingness behind it. You're not you're not you're not reading it on your own terms, you're reading it on their terms, the way they do yeah. it. He likes to spin him in from that. He likes to spin him in how you gonna read the comic yeah. in many ways. And in some ways could be more successful than others. <coughs> and with certain comics are more approachable than others. Mm -hmm. An example, for example, is We Three. I can read it with Frank Wiley, it's a much shorter series, then for Vertigo. Oh I've heard good things about well, that. Well they they with don't the they cat yeah, yeah they don't they cat and the bunny. Which they skip have you not read that? 
Wii 3. There's a picture oh. in, in Is that the one uh, where it's been weaponized? I've not read it, but right. it's, it's, I've yeah, heard really good, I've read good things about it. It's very enjoyable. Right. The way. Yeah, yeah, I And it's, it's, a story, it's decompressed. <coughs> he did it intentionally. Mm. So he takes the story, goes in a different speed, more kind of like a manga. Mm. Lots of things. Lots of things. No, how is it? Lots of pages for just a moment of action. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that, and, it, and it's forcing to look in that, and there's also Frank Wiley works very well with, there's a lot of experimentation with the panels, mm-hmm. how things suddenly become 3D, when it's impossible to be 3D because it's a 2D element, but right. you're still, oh, but that, now it's just jumping across the panels to another one, so the fights and things like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. he likes to experiment with things, Think quietly, yeah, and uh, Morrison had a few drinks together in the, when they Well, a few drinks and God knows what else, you know what I mean? I'd say that they probably have I don't know, but long creative sessions. He, yeah. uh, with Grant Morrison, I mean, he certainly he likes the medium of the comics. Yeah. Um, and he said that himself, he, he finds the medium like magic, because he writes, he draws some pages, some sketches, then they become words, and then he passes that from Frank Wiley, who transforms the words into, again, drawings. Mm. And then those drawings are read by the reader, and then become words again. So it's just all this kind of this story. He said that he likes this idea. Maybe that's one of the points with uh, Alan Moore, is because he views his art as magic making. So maybe know. there's a spot because the of one that. Thing, the, Who said it was magic first? Well, Alan or Grant? <laughs> it was Alan Moore. Right. <laughs> That's for sure. Alan Moore was first, so for that. Oh, so no, yeah, right. it's, So he likes that, he likes the premium for that. But I can also see and understand that a lot of people find it difficult. Yeah. And find some of these words are difficult. And to be honest, I don't, I don't enjoy all of the works, but the Invisibles, I have the whole series, and I really enjoy it. Right. And it's something that every now and then I can go back and sit down and read it. I don't like that he's got a Liverpool top on. Sorry about that. I'm killing you. He ends up being... Does he end up being like a weapons expert or some kind of bomb expert or something, the kid? The one that's introduced well, there's, in the first... there's many things Well, in, in, initially, initially. Yeah, because they, they all have like a role, but yeah. it's, it's more yeah. complicated than that. So yeah. Good. Cool. Fables. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a Spanish edition. Oh, I was going to say Fabulous. 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 I've read all of those. <laughs> yeah. These are very enjoyable. Uh, something completely kind of lightweight, different. but very nice. Yeah. 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 Well, exactly. But that's the thing. It's a lightweight worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's just uh, much. I bought the entire run of these. So you go all the fairy graphic. tales, fairy tales into a uh, more modern taking and. Yeah, it's quite engaging, yeah. Very engaging there. So there's many, many books of that. That was that's the very first one. Leaves spun off off into um, video games and everything as well. Yeah, there's there's all kind of things. There's there's a a video game on on uh, the big wolf. wolf. Yeah, 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 the wolf. The wolf wolf among us. Of course, he's he's the police detective. It's a point and click adventure game as well. Actually, it's it's really good. It's really really good. So it's not a you know it's not not 
running or fighting or anything, you know, you've got to strategically get your way through it. It's good. It's a really good game. Yes, have Thorita. What's the Thorita? That bitch. That little bitch. Yes, I do. That first one's that really, little bitch is really good on its own, actually. That'll be the next trophy that's put on display. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Yeah. And uh, DMC. <coughs> yeah, DMC. all those two. They're good. By Brian Wood. Uh, if Brian Wood, the guy who did um, Northlanders. No. Yeah, Proof. With the Bigfoot, who wears a suit. <laughs> a travelling circus. Proof. Not with the proof. No. no, sorry. No. Proof, yeah, I want to get all the proof. I've read two of them. Proof. That might be Brian Woods. Let's have a look. Demo, Channel Zero, Global Frequency, Northlanders. I read a bit of Northlanders, that didn't do much for me. Was Northlanders a vertigo? Yeah, it was. I've read the first. Two or three day paperbacks were really good. Very enjoyable. I mean, the Vikings and I like that thing though, kind of history style. No, no. Uh, no. Alexander Grecian. Grecian. Grecian and the Grecian. This reminds me of the uh, Hammer Horror Werewolf with uh, Ollie Reed. Ollie Reed, yeah. Which was also set. London, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's a coincidence that it was set in. Uh, uh, not not the London one, but the uh, coincidence that the one that Ollie Reed was in was set in Spain, and uh, the funny thing that's uh, speaking Spanish. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's one of those odd coincidences that's popped into my mind. Ollie Reed was pretty good as a werewolf, actually. Mm. He could do it pretty good without makeup, with that <laughs> maniacal stare. He was so good. Yes. But the thing that bugs me about DC Vertigo is they publish your stuff. They own it forever, they own the international mm -hmm. rights, they own the bloody characters. Yeah. And Moore oh, must, must have been spitting feathers when they brought out that, what was it called, Before Watchmen? Mm. Oh, yeah. God, that must have just frosted him totally. Mm. <clears throat> it's quite um, strange that they would uh, own all that, considering they're meant to be, you know, creator-run comics as well. That was their whole basis was that it was like character or creator run it was one of the two but that's they're not creator friendly they're not yeah. they've even been um strips i've seen that were like anti um dc comics one where uh, the guy from dc is wanting to buy a struggling artist's work and uh, and they're like oh great 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 <laughs> and we will own it and the character in perpetuity football well, <laughs> one of the, <laughs> the latest things that i didn't realize and I know it wasn't published by Under Vertigo Imprint, but recently, I actually, at Christmas time, um, oh, I got the gift of Top it. Ten. Oh, yeah. Top Ten. They've done a, the, the whole series in one book of Top Ten. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that, that was originally published yeah. under that wasn't a ABC Comics oh, under yeah. Wildstorm. Mm. Well, it was an independent, mm -hmm. yeah. But then Wildstorm was bought by DC because Jim Lee, well, he joined with them, so he was the president of Wildstorm. 
And so this new edition of Top 10, it has the Vertigo imprint. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it's, it's Vertigo imprint. Wow. Because when I got it, oh, that's going to have Vertigo. That wasn't, that was never ever Vertigo. So yeah, it's Vertigo Jeez. imprint now. So now it's... it's just start getting it all under the umbrella. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a great comic series, that one. Which great, had nothing fantastic. to do with Vertigo. Mm -hmm. um, At the start. Well, no, it was under AB, I think it's ABC Comics yeah. under Wilson when it was actually independent from DC. Mm -hmm. um, so there you are. I've read top ten. Is it? It's like the Alan. It's Alan Moore. Isn't it's it? Alan Moore, the writer. Yeah, and Ying has the artist, and it's kind of in this parallel universe where the superheroes, everyone has superpowers, and there's the police department, um, mm -hmm. and they have superpowers as well. So they are the police for the superheroes, right, but they right. deal with. Drug dealers, rapists, uh, uh, murders, uh, all kind of things going on, corruption. It's, it's all happening. This is a police, well, there are police stories like you know, Hill Street Blues, for example, uh, but in a superhero idea sort yeah. of thing. It's really good. Really now available actually. on the Vertigo back and, yeah, and, and it's, it's a Vertigo. So now if you buy it now, it's a Vertigo book. Well, and Alan Moore don't see a penny of it. Maybe it no. shows how weak they are now in terms of how strong they used to be. I think the titles now are weak. Vertigo, Vertigo line itself has lost a lot. Yeah. Mm. And, and part of the fall and the reason, and thank goodness for that, is because Image Comics. Mm. Because yeah. Image Comics, the creators keep their rights. Yeah. yeah. And they are the owners yeah. of it. Well, yeah. And Image Comics, in the last, let's say, 10 years, is the company who is publishing the most interesting comics yeah. mm -hmm. and they are bringing out and the quality is not yeah. stopping and there are new things coming on and more and more and more mm. to the point that the big two Marvel and DC once there's been some creators that done so image comics that be popular they go and they poach them oh yeah yeah they go get them don't they say oh, go and get them oh we're gonna offer you this mm. Can you do this? Can you do the Avengers for us or the Fantastic Four or whatever? You know? And then, and then obviously they come back to imagine they do another works again. But yes, that they create something themselves and then go. It's like the Premier League footballers going to China for one or two seasons. Something like that. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, I mean, many of them they'll come go, back as again. Exactly, exactly. But they'll go and get a nice payday Marvel and, and DC and then go good, back and, and actually it's, do something. It's good and it's refreshing to see that happening. And, you know, there's a, a perfect example of it, and it's probably one of the most successful comics and that's been happening in the last 10-15 years, The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. yeah, that is an image comic, and it started with a very, very small black and white, pure paper, mm -hmm. issue number one, that I think was 15 years ago or so, mm -hmm. when it came out. Yeah. Nobody knew about it. Look the Walking Dead. And look at it now, it's 160. 60 issues and keep going. Yep. TV series, I don't know, it's the six, seven like, season already. Fantastic result of something that everyone was saying that the genre was dead. Mm -hmm. Horror. You know, that nothing well, was oh, And the it? zombies, you know. Oh, it made the zombie franchise, basically. Exactly. Yeah, it, 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 and, and, it, it, and Robert Kierman. And then uh, Adler and, and all the artists and Adler as well, they've done a fantastic job there because you're not afraid of the zombies. 
you are afraid of the people, people. who is alive. Yeah. Those are the scary ones. What they've been driven to, yeah. Mm. How they've been driven to the point where you are actually completely terrified. And what they show in just extreme situations. And they ring true to you when you mm. read it. Because you go, oh, yeah, that... Why not? That could happen. Yeah, it's, happen. it's an extreme situation, an extreme moment. You don't have time to think about it. It's, you know, and it's reflecting that. And yeah, I think it's an incredible success. Yeah. And I think Image has done very well that they allow that to happen. And many artists have gone there and they've seen that success. They say, well, you know, it can happen. Why not? So, mm -hmm. so well done. Kudos to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kudos to Image. I've got to admit, the last two graphic novels I bought have been Image graphic novels. Yeah. Uh, volume 1 of Black Science and Volume 1 of Savage Dragon, which I know is a 90s title, but I only discovered quite recently, so I've been uh, enjoying that. Very different. Black Science, science fiction, really uh, good, actually. Yeah. And Savage Dragon, superhero theme from the 90s. <laughs> but Eric Larson, one of the original founders of Image, mm -hmm. he is still doing that comic. Yeah. It's done yeah. over 200 issues already. Yep. It's still ongoing. It's a, you know, and you read comics of him and, and you pick up lots of things from Jack Kirby because he's heavily influenced mm -hmm. by Jack Kirby. There's lots of things by him. So yeah, it's, yeah, two different things, but yeah, fantastic mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Very enjoyable. I think with Vertigo as well, they started to lose a bit of wind as well when uh, Karen Berger actually left. Yes. As well. Mm -hmm. uh, and took some time off. And she ended up actually working on a title at Image for some time as well. Oh. Yeah, I think it was 2013. She started working on something something X. What was it called? Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. Something... I can't remember the first the first one something X and okay. what was that? But she was what she was editor just on that sole project, but she was across the image. And just the other day, she um, there was an announcement came out from Dark Horse that she is going to be doing a whole line of uh, create her own comics across there called uh, Burner Books. Hmm. So she will have her own line across it. Burner Books. Yeah, Dark Very good. Horse. I think it's just about time with Dark Horse that they did something that wasn't so... Um, Sounds like she's assumed a kind of identity. Yeah. Of they come here, there'll be success. But also maybe of a certain theme. Yeah. Certain kind. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing, with, the thing with Dark Horse for so long, they've just been doing... Um, Name titles, so like say license, license titles, so license yeah. comics, license comics. Um, what they, they, what they, Star they, Wars? They had the Star Wars ones for a long time. They they, they started with Aliens, Terminator, yeah. Predator, yeah. Indiana then Jones, Indiana well. Jones. Then they later on they managed to get the Star Wars. Mm. It was fantastic because you know they did the Star Wars really well. When no one can Jurassic Park. and they've done lots of little things, licensed comics. Um, they, they've got. Um, They've got like say a Buffy and Vampire, yeah, mm -hmm. Buffy as well, yeah, Firefly and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. kind of things. But they've also a, a what was the what was the other one that they had recently? Manga Mania. They they started out the they brought yeah. loads of. But they they they've also got one of the most successful. 
comics that there's ever been. They've, they've got Hellboy. Exactly. Mm. You know, so there's there's Dark Horse has so much potential and they've just kind of disappeared. So for just now, except from their licensed properties, which makes me think that maybe Karen Berger going over and doing her own line of comics. Focus like working with I think, creators I might think, actually bring a, a vertical type aspect I think that's to a, them. That's a, that's a really good move yeah. by Mike Richardson, yep. the top boss of Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and Hellboy again, fantastic comic series. They put Mike Mignola really as a modern comic book artist. He already previously worked for DC and Marvel, but great stuff, you know, talking about demons and again another horror comic but it's mixed with adventure there's humor there's science fiction things they are going on it's, 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 it's great um, and Dark Horse lets the authors keep their characters yes, and everything good yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah I'm a writer myself and you've really got to insist on first time serial rights like okay you get it this once but it still remains with yes, me yeah, yeah definitely yeah. definitely and I hope that DC Vertigo finally changes their tune on that because the good writers and the good artists, we think they've got a character with legs or a series, you know, with legs that uh, they don't want to let it out from under them yeah. because everyone must have seen what had happened to, to Moore with that, that dreadful I movie in the League of Extraordinary. Alan, I can and, tell you that DC, DC Vertigo, as long as Vertigo is under DC imprint, They'll never allow that no. because they'll open a kind of worms that it'll be the, the finish. It'll be the end for them. No. They won't allow it. Well, I, I they won't do it. Um, they won't do yeah, it. Dark exactly. Horse is doing it. Image is doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and those are the platforms that you, you have to go really if you want to be this big in America and, and in a popular comic. But neither Marvel nor DC will do it. Marvel has an imprint. Uh, icon and they done they have print and they have published comics that are owned by the artists mm-hmm. but they only do it with top stars because mm-hmm. in icon they did powers by Brian Michael Bendis and they did a uh, kick-ass by Mark mm-hmm. Miller and uh, John Romita jr. But these are big guys in the American comedy. These are big guys. Yes. Are top, top star. You won't be able to go yourself, oh, I have this. They'll go, no. <laughs> but once you're famous, once you sold thousands of copies you of your comedy, you got to throw around. You come yeah. And, and yeah, we can print something. You know, we can think about it. But yeah, it's DC Vertigo, unfortunately, they won't. <coughs> no, because they'll, they'll, they'll end up in a situation where they'll be against them. I, I just love that thing Moore said about how when they were wanting to do the movies, I guess the, the, the first one, I guess we watched one, the, um, they were saying, oh, this is what we want to do. And he goes, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. I want you to stick to the story. Uh, and they're like, okay, we'll give you like 10,000 more. Uh, no, no, it's not a question of money. And, and they couldn't see that there was artistic integrity here yeah. and they couldn't buy it. And they thought he was just putting this on so they'd up the price. So they kept upping the price, upping the price. <laughs> and finally he got disgusted and he realized, you can't talk to these people. Yeah. You know, all they understand is money. And he said, do what you bloody well want, just don't put my name on it. At least I own my own name. So that's it. 
insane. That's what happens. It's just a shame. It's just a shame that all, like you say, all, all integrity is just lost. But that's, that's the whole Hollywood thing yeah, for you. you know? But it's a business. Yeah, and, as soon, and as soon as it becomes a business, that's it. Mm. And uh, you'll find business people and there's money people and you'll find artists. Mm -hmm. And they don't go together. No. Yeah, well, no, they don't. It's like and, and the difficult part is to find an artist who can understand about money, mm -hmm. about business, or a business person who can understand about art. Mm -hmm. and, and that's those are the ones that, you know, are able to do something. Mm -hmm. But it's... Would you say Fleetway Studios in London, would they be similar? Because they published a lot of work that eventually became vertical. And say, like Preacher, they published some Preacher comics and... Uh, Vertical published them in, in the States. Um, hmm. are, they the, are they the same? You know, like, uh, especially since a lot of the same writers wrote for Fleetway Studios in 2000 AD and Judge Dredd, and they, they went on to do Vertical. Well, 2000 AD is the same. You, it's work for hire. So when you publish anything, when you do something uh -huh. in 2000 AD, well, 2000 AD owns your character. Oh, all right. You've and, got to avoid work for hire. Is that. that, that, it's, it's, it's that. Mm -hmm. um, and you have all these artists and creators who created Judge Dredd and Nikolai Dante mm -hmm. and many, many, many mm -hmm. other characters and many, many other stories. They are not the owners. Mm -hmm. They are no. not the owners of that. It's 2000 AD, in this case now it's Rebellion, which is the company who owns 2000 AD. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but yeah, they are no. They're not the owners yeah. of the character. So even if you publish something in 2000 AD, yeah, you'll be the creator and you'll be recognized as the creator, but you're giving your rights of of your creation to them. And they are they can do whatever they want. From there, they can publish the product, print it, print it, give Reboot the rights, the fuck do a film, <laughs> comic book series, whatever. And they'll probably do it badly, like when Hollywood decides some classic French movie. Oh, we can do a remake of that. No, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. there's, 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 perfect, there's recent examples of this kind of. of <laughs> there's been some examples of this how giving rights to the creators of, of, of characters, comics, and stories. In this case, we're looking into films. And no long ago, Jim Starlin, who is a comic book creator from. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he created many things for Marvel in the 70s. Uh, he's done comics as well for DC. It's a, it's a big star. And he was saying that he got more money for the appearance of a character that is based on a character that he created for a Batman story. I'm talking about the KG Beast, mm -hmm. which is a character or the person, I can't remember his name, personal name, is a Russian Jeez. super agent mm. that yeah. appears in uh, Batman vs. Superman for just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. He got more money for that than for the creation of the Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thanos, etc., mm. etc. Et because he owned the character. Yeah. He created Thanos. Yeah. No, 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 no. He didn't own the character for the KGB either. No, no, because he did that for DC. It was for a Batman comic. He doesn't, he doesn't own the, the character either. But Warner Bros. recognized him and he paid, uh -huh. he paid him some royalties. Oh, yeah. 
oh, because yes. they use the carrot in the film. On the other hand, Marvel are going and using Thanos, the big body that mm -hmm. appears every now and then in the Avengers films and the superheroes, and it's going to be a, a big mega two films about the Marvel Avengers. Mm -hmm. And Thanos is the body, the main, the main oh. body, and Jimmy Starlin is not going to get. No even recognition, nothing. You know, it's kind yeah. of, you know, he was saying that, so, well, you know, I'm getting lots of money for this guy that no one knows, that no one even knows that appears in the mm -hmm. film, because they cannot recognize it. And, and then you go Thanos, which is the big body, and this <laughs> series of films from Marvel, and get no a single penny. Mm -hmm. And if it was 20th century Fox, he'd have got nothing. Yeah, because exactly. DC and Fox are the same. I guess Fox mm -hmm. News too, it's just a big conglomerate. Uh, Rupert Murdoch uh, Enterprise, I think. <coughs> yes. So, yeah. so yeah, anyway, I thought that was that. Mm. Is that your vertical stash stuff? Is that your vertical or what done? My vertical? Yeah, 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 yeah. did you have another vertical? Yeah, that no, that, that's just a... Um, is that a collection? It's that just it's like a taster collection. Uh, it gives you the first issue of Death, Something, Why the Last Man, Transmetropolitan, 100 bullets, and uh, a life during wartime. That's um. The books on magic. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. an opportunity. And it's just uh, I bought it years ago because mm -hmm. it was really really cheap. It was four ninety four dollars ninety nine. Did it make you want to take up any of the issues that it it's previewing? Well, I go and I started to read Transmetropolitan and some of the Wyman and then I got the whole series as one thing. Right. And I read some of that Death as well, The High of Cost of Living, that was good. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good taste of that one. Mm. Yeah, just... 100 Bullets, pretty good too. I've yeah. Read. I've read all of those. It's, it's a nice... Right it's a, a great Alan sense Moore, of language. Neil Gaiman, Warren Ellis, Brian Mazzarello, Brian Cable. Well, I went... Cause I, <laughs> just I, I, in six issues. Yeah, I bought that in Forbidden Planet I bought, uh, years ago and I think I paid like... Three pounds oh, or something like that. Fantastic. 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 This is the first issue of Transmetropolis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And how he looks like Alan Moore there. He looks like Alan yeah, Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't really considered the artists. We've been talking really about the writers, haven't we? Yeah, well, so the artists, artists. Yeah. Oh, the artists, yeah. I mean, we're talking about Frank Wiley, for example. Oh, a little bit about Frank Wiley, yeah. yeah. The art was one of the things that got me early on in the vertigo, especially for Sandman and... Not Hellblazer early on. Mm. The art, personally for me, got better with Hellblazer later. But early on, in shared the changing man, and uh, I don't know who the artist was. And, Chris uh, Bacallo. Right. And, and in Sandman. Although Sandman as well, I think. The very early Sandmans were. The roots. So they so couldn't. I don't think the art matched the writing yeah. or what they were trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But then eventually, I think they caught up. I think. Mm -hmm. I think even just the covers used to get me wanting to buy them. Oh, the covers, yeah. The covers of Sandman. I was that like, was, um... What's going on there? Um, was it... Phil, uh, Phil, uh, one of, this guy, uh, oh no. Dave McKean? Oh, Dave, yeah, Dave, Dave McKean, yeah, Dave McKean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did um, Mr. Punch and... Yeah, Punch of yeah, yeah, yeah. A great cover. Yeah, there's even been collections of his covers. Yeah, there yes. Are. But yeah, early on, I think the art was lacking a bit, yeah. and then it got... Was it Ridgeway? It matched, the very early I think. Art? John Ridgeway. Yeah. Not quite sure. <laughs> Could be. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, the arts, again, that's been... Yeah. 
with Vertigo, you had access to artists that were creating art that perhaps was not as accessible. Mm. Um, or maybe anyway. didn't look what they thought yeah, people as wanted commercial. to look at. Yeah. Or didn't look as commercial. Mm -hmm. But again, it gave it a chance to to show to people, look, those comics that, you know, beyond, you know, the spandex and beyond all these mm -hmm. big muscle guys, mm -hmm. there's all the things they are doing. And there's all the styles that you can consider. And so, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, yeah David, David Gibbons, good for, for Watchmen. Who was it for V for Vendetta, the artist? David Law. David Law. David Law, yeah. 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 That, I thought that, was, that matched to yeah, the yeah, feeling yeah. very well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, the writer and the artist just... Did he colour in with... It seemed like he coloured in with coloured pencils. Did he do that for V for Vendetta? No idea. Because it was I was done wondering in, if it was, it was wonderful, wonderful one, but yeah. No idea, no. but certainly <coughs> it, it, oh, yeah. it, it matches the atmosphere yeah, perfect. of the book yeah. itself. And he did some of the early um, Hellblazer too, I seem to remember. Uh, yes, he did some Dave Lloyd, he did some yeah. Hellblazer as well. Yeah. You must have it, you'll know. Yeah, I, he has, but I, I couldn't tell you which. Just about every artist and writer has had a go at Hellblazer. Yeah, they are. Hellblazer, it, they had such a long run and then people used to want to write for it because it was a... Mike Carey is doing that. Mike Carey, he's the writer of Greek Street. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. earlier on, Which I read the first book. Mm. Which... Is it not? It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't quite... I didn't quite like it. Right. There's something there I'm missing, I don't know. Chris Weston is a, an amazingly detailed um, artist. He did um, Ministry of Space. I don't know if you've ever seen yes. that. He did um, the first of that two-part Enemy Ace, I believe. And he was really good. I mean, the, the artwork just have, jumps off the page. I have a graphic novel about Chris Weston, and he's something he did for Marvel afterwards, mm -hmm. and it's called The Twelfth. And it's about this sort of forgotten heroes of proto superheroes, mm -hmm. and it's interesting. It's a uh, it's, it's very good. From that and I think he did Johann's Tiger in in what the war it? series. I think it was the oh, first of the Garth Ennis war series, and it was Johann's yeah. Tiger. It was it was beautifully done too. Yeah, that, that Ministry of Space I'd recommend to anybody. It's like, it's like what a real Dan Dare might be like. You know? <laughs> Pretty unscrupulous one. Good. Speaking of unscrupulous, there's, uh, this is uh, Mr. We're talking about a pre, a proto vertical <coughs> comic. Yeah. Now I can discuss the ones like this that we decided to uh, create vertical in the first place. Um, yeah, uh, even uh, even when it comes to writing words like this, uh, I think Ferrico uh, they could probably publish the whole full word. Mm -hmm. DC they had to sort of alter it. Good. Anyone no. that's not familiar with Lobo, it's he's Lemmy on steroids. It's fantastic. Lemmy, yeah, just yeah. like Lemmy. Oh, I love Lemmy look, look, uh, on steroids. Yeah, look, brutal. That's, that's what Lobo looks like. He's a, an alien from a planet where he slaughtered basically all his race and he'll do anything for money. He's like a galactic <coughs> bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. They put lots of comedy in it, lots of sick, twisted humour, but um, when it got transferred to vertical, they could go even even further. 
Um, was he was... ever in Vertigo though? Sure, he I was. Don't, I yeah. think he's ever been in Vertigo. I think, I think he's always been DC. I thought he was. Uh... No, but, um, he's still within the. He's still within the both um, universes. DC, he's still within the DC mm. um, character pantheon and like the new fiction. Because his first, his first, first, very first appearance was Omega Man. Uh huh. Which was a superhero was space mm. comic book in the eighties. Oh, I know he's. Uh, I, I know, know he's. I think it's Omega uh, Omega Man number three or number four, <laughs> something like that. Mm. And then, yeah, they got, he appeared, they did their own miniseries, and also he appeared in the Justice League. Yes. Yeah, nice. So he appears in that series. He doesn't appear in that first book, okay. but he appears in that series later on. But it's a DC... I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't think so. He's, he's, he's been in lots of DC comics, but I, I was pretty sure he's been in uh, a lot of vertical ones as well, so they could sort of up the, uh, up the ante with them. I think yeah, all the Lobo comics, and I have quite a lot of them... In Spain, I have some of here as well. But all of them I have are all under DC. Anything else or is that just... Oh yeah, but two Hellblazers, I chose these two because they kind of uh, suit the uh, vertical realm where uh, you have uh, the main character in situations you wouldn't normally find a DC character. Uh, Constantine, he's, he's homeless, he's downtrodden, he's been drinking a lot here. He's, mm. he's pretty much at the bottom of... Uh, the bottom of his uh, where he can go and um, there's one scene where he, he meets the king of the vampires who's um, uh, you know he's got everything going for him and he's about to he's killed Constantine's friend who he's met homeless and uh, in the end Constantine kind of gives up he said the vampire says do you want to become a vampire he says no I'm not that low and just at the last moment uh, I don't know if you know the backstory of Constantine, but in the early ones, he he, um, he was very badly wounded, and Nergal, a demon, archdemon, gave him a blood transfusion to help him quickly recover. Mm. Because of this, he has demon blood inside him. So when the vampire bites him, he suddenly realizes, what's that taste?" And he's and Constantine. He's like he's got a second wind. He's like demon blood. Uh, the blood basically evaporates the vampire. Who in a very gory way is uh, it's uh, like peeing on him in the bottom corner. Yes, uh, <laughs> Constantine. Then uh, <laughs> now he has uh, one up. King of the friggin' vampires. <laughs> yep. And as soon as the what? sun comes out, Constantine drags him right out into the sun, uh, where the king of the vampires is just completely obliterated. Um, That's really the, nice. Looking. Here's the peeing bit. Looks <laughs> like Steve Dillon. Yeah, is, is that Steve Dillon? No. Yep. Mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, They're both Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he do uh, Preacher? Preacher, yeah. Yep. Uh, and Punisher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He yeah. was pretty good with Punisher. That's, that's, that's not even Inca, though. Yeah. yeah that's not even Inca. This one, this one, though, is another one of my favourites. Uh, the individual here is the devil. The devil comes to, uh, comes to Earth, searching for the, uh, well, not just Constantine's soul, but the... Uh, the, bit, the, the angel Gabriel, who's oh. Mark, yeah, is, in a, is hidden away, and uh, the devil, devil actually gets the harp, and here he's actually got Gabriel kissing his shoes. <coughs> and then, uh, to end it off, um, for poor Gabriel, squeezes his harp, meaning that there's nothing that can save Constantine now. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil anything, but he always managed to get away f- through sheer trickery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sad thing is, Constantine's got a lot of uh, friends who disappear throughout the uh, series, mm-hmm. and one yeah. of them is, uh, is this guy. Devil yeah. punches his way through his uh, charts. He shoots him with uh, machine guns, and it doesn't do any good. And then he ends it at the end uh, to, D- to escape. Sorry, Mike, but Dylan's face for the devil there is exactly like Punisher. <laughs> yeah, when he does a Punisher, that looks identical to Steve Dillon's faces are all Yeah, they're all very similar, but that is like identical. They all identical. seem like they've all been in, in fights, all the noses are flat. Yeah. Oh yes. And there as well, one back there yeah. as well. There's, there, there's loads. Oddly enough, there's a character from oh, Dundee in this. Yes. Uh, yeah, Helen. Here she is. Um, let's see if I can get the done. He always call. tells um, he's always like telling birds that are interested in him. Sorry, ladies. Um, that, oh, um, one of the hookers outside Waterloo here. She looks like, like this girl like, from Dundee I used to go out with. All my friends <laughs> getting killed. He's always telling people that. Who was the other Scottish guy who was a friend of the uh, Vic the Vicar? Uh, he. Uh, there's a conversation with him sitting with Albert and he's talking about, oh, I wish I'd done this, wish I'd become such a fat bastard. And as it pulls away, you realise he's oh, this is a bulleted him. Yeah, uh, this is him here. Uh, he's excess, yes. Yeah, that's as a hacker or, uh, or header. Header, header yeah. yeah. He's, he's like the other characters. He's seen throughout the series. Mm-hmm. So in flashbacks, you'll see him. But uh, this, is the, this is the issue where he dies. Mm-hmm. They even had uh, a flashback where you see him in the Falklands War. He's fighting away and he gets a call from Constantine and he finds a way of getting back there so him and his friends, his reoccurring friends, can uh, can trap a demon uh, to help save them from some gang lord. That's right. Uh, it's for, for the gang lord's son. Yes, I remember. Uh, who gets the gang lord pregnant, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers for that. Well, get in touch for more links to the podcast links to buy our comics and more then go to our link tree at thatcomicsmell.com and please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe thank you for listening the music you can hear is by Richter FM and it's the title track from the EP Hibiscus you can check out Richter FM and this EP on Bandcamp YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music.